Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, March 25th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited. Our long national nightmare is over. The Flyers have won a game on the road. Yep, it was a good win. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we're going to talk about last night's win against the St. Louis Blues. We're going to get into tonight's matchup against the Colorado Avalanche, and we're going to wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So we got a debut in this game, Hayden Hodgson with the call up. And uh, unfortunately, Oscar Limblom was not in the lineup. But that meant we were doing the 11 forward 7D thing again. And uh, Vladimir Tarasenko checked back in for the Blues. So, you know, I think given everything, I am exceedingly thrilled with the outcome of this game. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, this was this was a really good win. Uh, it was interesting how the ESPN broadcast was kind of like trying to figure out how the Flyers would lose it. And, and mm-hmm. they actually weren't going to lose it. And, and so that was interesting. Even Mark Messier was just really just talking about the Blues. Um, so, you know, or they Claude Giroux. Those were their two go-tos the whole game. They were. And by the way, oh, that that studio has no chemistry. But anyhow, back to the Flyers. Good game. Uh, they did show uh, a lot more cohesiveness in this game, willingness to go to the net. You know, this is where like a, a guy like Hayden Hodgson, like literally, if if he is auditioning, uh, knew, hey. Kevin Hayes is going to get this shot on goal. I'm going to try and follow it up. Like, if only some other vets on this team would do that, like James Van Riemsdyk. Um, That's, you know, that can make a difference in games. It absolutely made a difference. And we have been talking in the last couple of weeks about Kevin Hayes and his progression. I thought Mm -hmm. this was another solid game for him. He was making really smart passes. He was involved in the play from start to finish. And it was a really great move he made to make sure that there was a rebound up front. And Hodgson was right there and banged it home. Yeah, it was a good play and really smart play by Hayes. And, yeah, those are the kinds of nice things you you want to see out of him. So that's that was good. Yeah, and once again, I really think that Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett are building some chemistry out there. I think they have a little way to go, but they had some really good rushes, I thought, in this game. And so that was good to see. Yeah, there were some good rushes. Um, I, I'm not going to get overly excited from, you know, hitting the net. Uh, for me, Tippett still has to score, but he had a good setup in the game. Uh, he drew a penalty got a penalty so um you know it, it was a decent game for him but uh, all in all the the team was really good and you know that's the main thing even martin jones sort of rebounded from the awful second goal that he kind of helped set up for st louis so 
right. you know, that's, that even was good for him. Yeah, I think, you know, it didn't really phase him that much. He made some really key saves in that third period. You know, it really did seem like the Blues were making a strong push to get back into it. They, they had a lot of offensive zone time, a lot of shots on net. And, you know, I I was worried in the sense that the Flyers tend to turtle and just collapse in front of the net in a way that allows other teams to score. But this time, I don't think it was as bad as it usually was. And I felt like they were a little bit more cohesive in what they were doing defensively and were actually able to clear the puck a lot more than they usually would in these circumstances. Yeah, I I think this was a a situation where, and I think for a little while it was happening, I was a little worried with the 11-7 that some of these forwards would tire out. And I do think there was a point where they were but they definitely got a second wind. I, I don't think Mike Yo should feel like this is a good way to coach. Hopefully he doesn't. So this time he did it out of necessity, but they need to bring players up like they do. Like start bringing them up. Yep. I do also want to talk about Ivan Provorov and Cam York. I think both of their games looked better this time around. And I, I'm like this pairing is growing on me a lot. I think that Provi, he got involved offensively a little bit Mm -hmm. in this game Mm -hmm. in a way with like a certain degree of confidence that I haven't seen in a while. He made some really good plays, but he was able to get back as well. And I just think that um, the two of them are starting to build some chemistry that allows Provi to do that, which is good. And then, you know, with Cam York, I I thought that he was doing more of what we've wanted to see from him in terms of taking shots on net on the mm-hmm. power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they aren't like real shots, they're shots intended to create rebounds, but they were on net in the right spot. And I think that is key to him improving his game. Yeah. I think you're right about Provorov. And I, I honestly, I was never worried about Provorov. I know people were getting all hot and bothered about it. You know, players have bad seasons. Sometimes it happens, but uh, he's really uh, rebounding here. York did have a good game, but there were some loose moments. So yeah, he's got a he's got a tight nose up, but he's still a young guy too. So um, yeah, so far so good with it. I mean, at least their top four is respectable. Uh, I got to tell you though that Keith Yandel. Uh, <laughs> I knew this was coming. Eventually. I just I don't know how. Am I supposed to? Am I not allowed to talk about him? Like, am I should I not ever mention him? Like, I don't know what the protocol is anymore because. I, I've never seen an NHL player more checked out as far as just having the same kind of talent that he used to and nothing happens. Just there's just nothing will happen. It's just like they just play around it. Basically, it, it, that's what it is. It's kind of like when there's like that big um, accident on the roadway and the police are just kind of like move around it. It's like, you know, everybody in the Flyers just kind of has to move around Keith Yandel at this point. It's tough. And it, it's interesting because you know they have to put somebody out there with him that's gonna make up for some of that and you know their other options for that bottom pairing are not great (laughs) so no it's um it's difficult i think you know it puts a real undue burden on whatever forwards are out when they're out there to be additional defensive elements to the flyers game and then that prevents them from creating offense which is what Keith Yandel is supposed to do in the first place right so it's it 
it doesn't make sense. So I think you're right to talk about him. It's just funny that it just keeps coming up. Right. And there's seemingly no solution to it. And, you know, I, I hate to dwell on a negative in this game because, again, you know, it was such no, no, a No, no, this was a good game. Like, I think watch, we're allowed to you know. point this part out. But it, the yeah. game was good. Like, we have nothing bad to say about the game. Although I do have to get to that at some point. We do need to talk about that deal that was made because that, that was ponderous for uh, Brendan Menel. That is uh, something because that was a deal that was made with... Uh, Toronto at the AHL level, which, you know, you can make trades at the AHL level right now. They haven't passed their trade deadline and it was for future considerations, but it was a little suspect because it created some space for the Leafs to then get Phil Myers on loan from the Predators. Yeah. I mean, I I just want to understand this. Who is in the position of strength here? The Flyers or the Leafs? It should have been the Flyers. Now, if they think Brendan Metal is the position of strength, that's all well and good. I think Kyle Dubas just called him up because he knew the Flyers are marks for any of the old Minnesota Wild players, knew they would take him, got a free contract, and got the player they really wanted. It's like, why are you making it easier for these teams? It just, it kind of got me that way. And it's nothing against the player. It's just the procedure here. Yeah, it is interesting. I had a conversation on a fellow Locked On show, the NHL Crosscheck show, with uh, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, and Laura Saba was on that episode as well. And we talked about how GMs like messing with the Leafs, mm-hmm. but apparently the Flyers are out of the loop on that that's what's happening, that you're supposed to mess with them. You're not supposed to let them get away with stuff. Well, I, I think just for, for, you know, maybe some younger viewers, listeners who don't um, know the history, uh, Clint Fletcher, Chuck's dad, was a GM for the Leafs. That'll do it. You know, there is that. We should wrap up our conversation about the Flyers win over the Blues. Once again, congratulating Hayden Hodgson on a goal and an assist in his first NHL game. It's um, Cliff Fletcher, by the way, not Clint. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, really happy for Hayden Hodgson. But we'll be talking about tonight's matchup against the Colorado Avalanche after we talk about Bilt Bar, which... By now, you should know how much we love Built Bars. Built has so many options, and one of them are their newer puffs. If you haven't tried them, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Bilt Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. If you go to Bilt.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, but low calorie, high fiber, but low carb. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, that's going to have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. 
And the regular bars have so many delicious flavors like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. New for this month, caramel almond delight. New flavors are coming out all the time at Built Bar. They are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, including us. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ. So we were talking about this matchup against the Avalanche tonight. And man, I am so relieved we do not have to see Claude Giroux in an Avalanche uniform. It would have been too <laughs> soon and I would not have been able to handle it. No, I get it. Uh, although we saw plenty of them tonight just because ESPN wanted to show plenty of them tonight on a Flyers broadcast. Uh, that's, you know, but no, I, I, I get it. Those kinds of things. I, um, you know, back in the day, it was a long time ago, but um, when Eddie Jockerman got traded by the Rangers to the Red Wings and his next game was playing as a Red Wing at Madison Square Garden, that was hard. I was young and it was hard. So it never gets easy. It doesn't matter your age. It was hard to watch. Well, the Avs didn't get Claude Giroux, but they did get Arturi Lekkanen from the Habs for Justin Barron and a 2024 first. They picked up Josh Manson from the Ducks for Drew Hellison and that 2023 first, who we know is a solid second pairing D with a two-way game, sometimes in the box a little bit too much, but a good player nonetheless. They also picked up Andrew Cogliano and Nico Sturm during their uh, trade deadline work. So, you know, they lost two strong prospects for some win now help. And I think they, you know, they did pretty good at the trade deadline. They did. They got some size, some toughness, some speed in Cogliano, uh, a faceoff guy in Sturm who also plays good defense. So they shored up their forward defense, which is probably um, something that's good to do for the bottom pairings um cogliano's good that way too and you know they're they've got they've, they've got issues on the blue line so getting manson was big because uh most everybody will be back i don't know if we're gonna see bowen byron i'm really starting to get worried no. about his career a little bit too because he's a great kid a ton of talent but you know from what i was reading i think it may have been an athletic article i'm not sure where Last summer was rough. He was kind of maybe contemplating not coming back, and then he started off well, and then he got more concussions. So another concussion. So I'm a little worried. Yeah, he is practicing in full contact right now, but I don't know that he'll be ready for tonight, maybe next week or the week after for him. Yeah, but I think the biggest injury, of course, is Gabriel Landeskog, who had knee surgery. Um, He should be back for the playoffs, but – you know, that is a huge piece missing from this lineup, which, you know, I think is part of the reason why they picked up some additional resources during the trade deadline. But um, I think regardless of that, the Avs are going to be a really tough opponent, especially in the second half of a back-to-back, especially also at altitude for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, all of those things make it a tough one. Uh me personally, I'm not worried about Landis Cog. I think they probably were just cleaning out his knee and the timing worked out really great. Wink, wink. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, you still got to worry about Makar. Nazem Kadri is always a uh, piece of work and a guy that will be trying to get under your skin and draw penalties. So it won't be an easy game. Like you said, you even battle the elements because the altitude thing is real. We People who have been to Colorado, I have felt it. You've probably felt it. Uh, oh, pl- yeah. Players definitely feel it because they're the ones who all of a sudden, you know, don't have the same win that they have maybe like in the middle of the game that they did at the beginning. So, you know, these are all things, but hey, the Flyers will be riding high after a win, so maybe uh, it'll be a bit of an equalizer, but I I don't know. I can't be overly optimistic for this one. Well, the Avs just lost to the Canucks in what was a pretty disappointing performance. They lost 3-1, to and it just kind of seemed like an unusual performance for them because the Canucks are the kind of team that they would normally dominate. Uh, They had won the three before that to the Sharks, Kings, and Flames. And I think you could look at it like, oh, they've got some new guys. Maybe they're adjusting to the system. So they were a little off kilter and they'll be back on it in time to play the Flyers tonight. I mean, let's the one thing we could be real about, they've only lost four games at home. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. Yeah, it's a little scary. And, of course, they have uh, Kale McCarr, who is number two in the NHL for defensemen in points. Um, he's got 71 points as a defenseman and is a plus 38 as a That's defenseman. It. That's all. That is insane. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but... it's it's really amazing. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing how much better he gets every year. He, again, he, you know, in his draft year, there was definitely some belief in him. But not enough belief like this. And, you know, I I give the Avs credit for drafting them because they had some guts. They absolutely did. It turned out to be an excellent pick, and I love watching him play. Uh, Nazem Kadri also having a phenomenal season. He's 10th in the NHL in points. He's got the most on the Avs right now, although it's close in that top three or four guys. Uh, But still, like, I would never have picked Nazem Kadri as a top 10 points getter in the NHL before this season. No, it's really amazing. I mean, that's something where you look at it and you say, um, wow, I mean, it's all coming together at the right time and he's not taking stupid penalties and he hasn't been suspended this year. Like, that's a big deal for him. Yeah, I think this has been a really good year for him in terms of establishing himself just in terms of his skill and kind of letting the rest of it float away. And it's uh, it's been really good to see for him and the Avs. I think it's been a really good situation for him. It has been a really good situation, and it could end. <laughs> He's going to be a UFA, so. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, the NHL is madness sometimes. It is. But, uh, so I think for the Flyers heading into this game, their strategy is probably to take quick shifts because they are going to get gassed out there quickly. So they're going to need some extra recovery time. So I would shorten shifts and get 12 forwards, my God, please. (laughs) And then, you know, the other big thing is that the Avs lead the league in drawing penalties. So I think, you know, for the Flyers, don't get trapped and don't get suckered into stuff because the Avs are the team that are going to do that to you. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, like, when McKinnon's out on the ice, you you really got to skate the puck in deep. You can't just have, like, a bad clear or something because if he gets the puck with a head of steam, good luck. Yeah. 
All right. This should be an interesting one for the Flyers tonight, but uh, hopefully another good one. And I think, you know, as long as they, the Flyers put forth a, a good effort, just like they did against the Blues, even if they don't win it, that's all I think we want to see from the Flyers is to not give up and to to keep things simple but effective. Yeah, just, you know, make it a game. If they make it a game, nobody's going to complain on this one. Exactly. All right. We're going to wrap up with our pal Gritty coming up next. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, before we get into the week that was for Gritty, just want to do a quick check-in in the NCAA Hockey Frozen Four tournament. Uh, as of recording, we don't know the outcome for Denver, but Minnesota Duluth with Noah Cates advanced over Michigan Tech, and there was a huge controversy at the North Dakota-Notre Dame game where Notre Dame scored a shorthanded go-ahead goal at the buzzer, and it took them 11 minutes to review it to figure out that they should disallow the goal. But puck don't lie, and Notre Dame won in OT. Yeah, it's it's a shame. 11-minute review is just too long. Usually college hockey um, does a pretty good job, but not here. Yeah, I think, you know, the ultimate decision was the right one, but I don't know why it took that long. Right, That's nothing should take 11 here. minutes. Like, you know, there's not 25 views. There's like three or four. Look at them a couple times, make a decision. Like, that's it. Yeah. Minnesota State also won over Harvard, which I think, you know, Harvard made it a much closer game than it probably should have been. But uh, Minnesota State did win four to three. Yeah, not a big shock there. I mean, that's Harvard's a good team. But no, I mean, most of these results are, you know, the the one upset for sure. Duluth is always a a powerhouse. So they again, if if Minnesota Duluth wins another one and nobody's going to be shocked here. But I know they're not the favorite, but still. They're in it. All right. So wrapping up the week with Gritty, uh, of course, there was a lot of Giroux content. It's been a little bit since we've talked about what Gritty's been up to. So since the Claude Giroux 1000th game, uh, Gritty, of course, um, had a big part to play in those festivities, had a special jersey saying, you know, Giroux's number one fan on the back. And, uh, of course, Gritty was pretty upset about all of it and, um, you know, made some videos. Yeah, about Gritty it. for the big fan that he's been for like the four years he's been alive. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, there was a, a video that they put together of highlights of Gritty and Claude Giroux together or Claude Giroux talking about Gritty and it was very poignant and very nice. Oh, come so on. No, no, that. no. I'm not buying into it. Nope. Oh, come on. Not with Gritty. They nope. were best friends. No, they weren't. Hart, Hartnell is best friends with Gritty. Let's get it right. 
No, they're cousins. Jeru mm. and Gritty are friends. This is a whole make-believe world you've got going here. Well, and there's like cute shots with Gavin yeah. and Gritty. Come on. A lot of great memories with Jeru and Gritty. A lot of great memories. All right. So there was also, you know, Gritty responding to Claude Giroux's goodbye tweet. That was very lovely as mm-hmm. well, uh, saying forever our king, which I appreciated. Um, there was a, a couple other fun things that Gritty was up to away from the Claude Giroux uh, festivities and also the the goodbye part of that. But there was a, a really fun TikTok they put together. Um, once again, I love Gritty caking people. I mm-hmm. love it. And so it's it's a fun TikTok meme using a sound that a lot of people have been using, but tossing cake at uh, looks like people that work at the arena. Okay, so, well, that's his thing. I guess at this um, point, you should want to get caked. I personally do not want to, but okay. Yeah, honestly, you know, if you're gonna get caked, you might as well have like a big orange floof toss it at you, right? <laughs> I guess. Uh, Gritty also made an appearance at the Reading Royals game. And, of course, they did one of those um, setup bits where somebody mm-hmm. wins a TV and then, you know, Gritty crashes into them and it they drop the TV and it shatters. And so, you know, it's staged, but it's still fun. Sure. I mean, Reading's kind of a different crowd. Like, how receptive are they to Gritty? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. Is he like as popular out there i just don't have a feel for it i would think so because i think gritty's pretty popular everywhere so it it wouldn't matter that there's like separation between the flyers and redding like that but i think just having gritty show up anywhere would be fun well if he showed up here i wouldn't let him in the house so it's not everywhere All right, and lastly, um, the Evolving Wild twins, Josh and Luke, who run a Hockey Analytics website, surprised me with a, a tweet saying, uh, I'm convinced Gritty is the best thing to happen to the NHL in the last 20 years. So you're correct, either Josh or Luke. Not sure which one of you posted that tweet. You never know unless they specifically tell you. But uh, good on you for recognizing what we all know. I don't know if we all know it, but many think that. I'm not sure I do, but that's okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again on Monday. We are going to recap tonight's game against the Avalanche. There's a game Sunday against the Preds we're going to talk about as well. And it's Monday, so we'll have our new Nemesis of the Week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your Flyers questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm on Twitter at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend.